Harvard Insurance, the podcast that strives to bridge the thrilling world of insurance with the real life struggles of those of us in the trenches. I'm your host, Dustin Bryant. For producing and servicing agents, insurance centers around relationships and personal connection. And let's face it, building relationships can be, well, awkward. In this studio, our conversations are unscripted, unplanned, and may or may not have you wondering, what just happened? If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and share with all of your fellow insurance nerds. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Now let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of Awkward Insurance. I have with me today the wonderful Ashley Fitzsimmons. She is a CISR designee from Ohio, the 2018 winner of the Outstanding CSR of the Year Award, and the self-proclaimed Beyonce of insurance. Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be on here with you today. I've been looking forward to this literally all week, and I almost oh, no. put I almost put on real pants for this today. I say almost because my real pants no longer fit me. So the thought was there and I had to put leggings on. I mean, you too, right? But I am totally excited for the conversation with you today too. The last time that we talked, we laughed so hard as we were sharing stories back and forth. And it just brought to the realization that we have so many similarities when we're not even in the same region when it comes to working in insurance. Because working in insurance can be so fun. And that's what we want this podcast to be about. We want to drop the dead, boring policy language. We might bring it in every once in a while. But we want to talk about just the real stuff that CISRs, account managers, CSRs, whatever you want to call us, deal with on a daily basis and just show everybody just how fun this industry can be and maybe provide a little bit of knowledge along the way. So, Ashley, I want to ask you about your most epic fail that you've ever had. Um, okay, so here, I've got two for you. So first of all, my first epic fail long, long time ago, I've always been an entrepreneur. And I decided in our neighborhood, we were going to start a neighborhood newsletter. So I got I gathered up my little crew of people all around the neighborhood. And I was the oldest one. So obviously, they all listened to me and followed me around and said, we're going to start a weekly neighborhood newsletter. Because, you know, it's really important to like point out to everybody who are the good houses to go to to get Halloween candy from and what houses you, you should stay away from because they've got angry animals, that kind of stuff. This year, so, you stay away from everybody. There's COVID out there. Well, yeah, now just don't go out in general. But this is like 20 <laughs> years ago. So we went around the neighborhood and we asked people if they wanted to subscribe. And everyone gave us like the first weekly payment. It was like 50 cents. And wait, this wait, wait, wait. How old were you again? Like 10, 10 and or 11. You're hustling, and you're hustling newsletters around your neighborhood. Hey, there's some important stuff happening in our neighborhood. I wanted people to know about it. It's like your early start in sales right here. Exactly. So we went around, we collected everybody's name and information. When I say information, I mean just their money and we put it in a bag. And then uh, we went to this one lady's house and our neighborhood's really small. Like it's a safe neighborhood, but we didn't really know who this lady was. So we were in a group. We were safe. We knocked on her door and she paid us for the entire year. We had hit the jackpot. She asked us if we had change and we said no, as we're holding the bag of change. And she just gave us the entire year's payment. So then I went home and I was super pumped. And of course, that newspaper lasted for one one subscription or whatever, one episode and um, my mom made us give all the money back. So I think that that was my first epic fail is that she oh, made us give all the money back to that lady. Mom! So, <laughs> I know, I know. It taught me a lesson that I need to stick with things because it only lasted for one time, but still. 
So um, you said you had two. What's your next one? Okay. So for my professional one, I'm glad that you said earlier that there's really nothing off limits and this could be awkward because this is probably going to be a little bit awkward. Um, so I was in the agency obviously for the first 10 years and, uh, there was a very serious accident that happened. Um, it, it's people got hurt, unfortunately. Um, and one of our company reps had come in and we were telling them about this accident. And well, you have to imagine we were face to face. So I was using my hands. That's what I do. I talk with my hands. And I said, yeah, I was a super serious. my arms around right now, right? I know. I'm surprised I haven't <laughs> hit my mic yet. So I was talking to the rep and I'm trying to explain the injuries that this poor guy sustained. And I'm pointing to my chest. So if everybody that's listening, I have both hands and I'm hitting my chest with my hands saying, yeah, it was so bad. The steering wheel broke his scrotum. Um, mortified. Wow. The lady looks at me and starts cracking up. And I said, what? This is, this was a serious accident. What, why, why are you laughing? <laughs> and then she's like, do you mean sternum? I'm like, and that's why I'm in insurance and I'm not a doctor. You're all welcome. That's why I'm not a doctor. I'm so shocked right now. I didn't even know where this was going. Like, what could she possibly have misstated here? And yeah. I thought that our topic today was going to make my cheeks red. <laughs> Woo, what a shocker. That's funny. Well, my cheeks are red. My blood is pumping now. So let's get down to the topic that um, awkwardly curious people are probably joining us for, which you just kind of like, you know, gave a segue into that. When we sat down, I don't know, was it two weeks ago? Um, I just kind of wanted to fill out your personality, which is really amazing and awesome. And I'm Googling you and looking at LinkedIn, expecting to, to find this professional woman. And the very first link that I find <laughs> is an article that says, let's talk about sex. And let me just side note here. <laughs> I am not only thrilled to have you on this podcast, but I am thrilled to be done with this podcast <laughs> because I have said that three letter word more times in the last two weeks. And my cheeks have turned red talking about it with the CEOs here at the National Alliance. I'm ready to be over this. <laughs> oh my gosh. So let's talk about your article, Ashley. What kind of weirdo thinks about sex and insurance in the same idea? I mean, I'm sure you learned from the first conversation that we have that my brain like, did you ever see when little kids, like five-year-olds play soccer, like wherever the ball goes, it's just like ping, ping, ping. They're all over the place. There's no order to it. Like that's my like brain. On a daily basis. <laughs> exactly. So like, if you say something like chocolate chip muffin, if you give me 60 seconds, I can probably connect that to like Octomom somehow and like make a trail there. Like my brain just goes all over the place. So this one wasn't too bad. I know it sounds crazy, like sex and insurance. How do you connect the two? But I was just thinking about sometimes when you're in the agency, you know, a, a cancellation request would come across your desk and you'd, you'd look at it and be like, man, this has been a great client. I don't, why are they canceling? They didn't call me. They didn't, there was no hint. They're just up and went somebody else. And I thought, why is it so hard for some clients to have that conversation with us? Why are they embarrassed? You know, so then I started thinking, well, what other conversations are embarrassing? And obviously, you know, you don't want to talk about sex with your parents when you're young and you don't understand it. So, so what you got you the talk. I didn't get the talk. You didn't get the talk. I didn't get the talk. Obviously, I figured it out on my own, but it's just like, I don't even know. 
about it from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> exactly. You know, you pick up on it, right? But like nowadays, think about it. What, what do people do? They they ask their friends or they Google it and likely you're going to get misinformed. And the same exact thing is happening with insurance. You know, if if you're a customer and you're too embarrassed to ask your agent about something, you're going to go and ask your neighbor. And Johnny's going to say, no, as long as you let your kid use your car, you're giving him permission. He doesn't need to be on your auto policy, your new 16 year old driver or they Google it. And they get misinformed and probably along the way, they find out that they probably have like 10 different diseases and they're dying too, because that's what happens when you Google anything. Right. Well, and, and then this is what happens when you, the agent that, you know, get this call, the person calls and says, my neighbor or the person across the street has pretty much an identical home to mine and they have a truck and a car too with just two drivers and their insurance is cheaper. Why? Like, well, you know, that accident that you had five months ago that caused 50,000 in bodily injury has nothing to do with it. But let's go ahead and talk about it for a second. <laughs> exactly. And it's I mean, and we deal with that every single day. So, I mean, this article really stemmed from those clients that you don't want to lose. You know, there's ones that if they if a cancellation comes across your desk, you're like, OK, that was like a blessing in disguise. But the ones that really hurt are. Even even just friends. Sometimes I think it's hard for friends to talk to you about this because they don't want to think that they're questioning you or that it's anything against you. So they just go off and do something different, which I totally understand. Like I, I'd be a hypocrite if I said I didn't do that in other instances. It's hard sometimes. And that's why I wrote this article, because I think it's so important to have this talk early on with your clients. So when you have a new client come in, obviously they're coming to you because they're not happy somewhere else. Maybe it's not not happy with the agent. Maybe they're just not happy with the service they get or they're not happy with the price, but they're leaving there because of some reason. So when, right. they, when they sit down with you, it's so important to open up the lines of communication. And when you're done writing that first initial policy, say, listen, insurance is always going to go up. I can put you here and save you money today, but likely next year there's going to be an increase. Or if you have an accident, there will be an increase. But that's why we have multiple options for you here. Oh my God. Do the stop. shopping for you. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stop you there for a second. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And, you know, you know, the talk about your insurance doesn't have to be the awkward talk, because if you stop it on the front end, like when you're getting that prospect calling you in, like when I was in the agency, the very first question that I would ask when somebody would call and go, hey. My friend referred me to you. Well, hey, who's your friend? Because number one, I want to talk with them and I want to thank them for the referral. That's awesome. But then I'm going to ask the very next question I'm going to ask is, why are you shopping your coverage? I mean, that's going to give you the basis of everything you need to know about how you're going to market this client. But first, that's the very first step to heading them off so that that conversation isn't awkward later. If you can tell them if they're they're shopping based on price, and you, you just like you just said, that that's awesome. I'm fairly certain that I could either compete with that or find you something better. But in the back of your mind, you're still waiting to have that plug. I'm not trying to sell you on price. I really want to be your advisor and I want to sell you on coverage. I need you to have the coverage that you're supposed to have. But you tell them, like, I think the way I connected with my clients with this, we're consumers of insurance too. You know, when I started all of this insurance stuff, I was 21 or 22, had no idea what insurance even was. I just knew I had it. That's mostly what insured 
our clients think too. They don't know what it is for the most part. They just know they have it. And so when you're sitting down with them and you go, you know what? I'm a consumer too. And um, I got to pay the premiums too. So I want to let you know that when I make my budget for the year or the next year or whatever, I mean, I really hope that our clients are making budgets, but I always estimate for a 15% increase. That's shot high, but it's not astronomical because you and I both know we've seen 20, 22% increases and that's not factoring in any accidents or claims that might've happened during the year. So if you can give them that worst case scenario up front and be like, but I'm going to help you too. Well, then this conversation doesn't have to be awkward next year when they're like, now I came to you because my rates went up and now they went up again. What's going on? So I love that you do that. And that's absolutely great advice. I love that that was in the article because it's, it's so true. If you can just have that conversation on the front end before you ever even start talking insurance coverage. Exactly. And then again, you know, emphasize it when they're leaving and they just signed the application and they're happy with you. Like now they're in a good spot because you saved them money. You gave them better coverage. Oh my gosh, you're the best agent ever. And emphasize again, Hey, I want you to remember this, that if you have a question or you're not happy about something, I'm your agent. I am here to help you. So you need to reach out to me. Do not be embarrassed. Do not be scared. You're not going to hurt my feelings you know, you are my client, you're not just a number with us. And I mean, that's super important to emphasize the fact that they're not just another transaction. So right. I mean, it's just I, am so your, I am your agent, I am here for you. There's something in your article that I absolutely love. And I laugh at it every time I read it, because it is, you know, you and I were social media kind of people, I'm constantly on Facebook, I'm posting something usually about my kids on Facebook, that's just like, totally absurd in some way or another. But I love it when I like catch this hint of a friend from high school or something. You're like, ooh, their relationship status changed. I got to go investigate that. So that's in your article that having this awkward talk with insurance and when they finally decide or send you that message. Yeah, I mean, like, for instance, you know, you think that the client's happy with you and everything is going smooth and you haven't heard from them, which is typically good because, you know, maybe they haven't had any claims or haven't had any problems. So you think you're the, in a relationship status. And right. then, you know, you hear a fax come through the fax machine because back in Scranton, Pennsylvania, we still have that type of uh, antiquated equipment. And you <laughs> you run over there to see what it is. And I was like, it's probably a mortgagee request and you get a cancellation. Or because I want to see what the fax is doing. Exactly. exactly. Cool technology here. <laughs> yeah. Why, why is it making, why is it beeping at me? But you know, you pull it out and you're like, okay, this is a cancellation. This is from somebody that I thought we were on good terms with and had everything under control with. Like, where did this come from? And out of, right. left, out of left field, you know, your relationship status is now it's complicated because you don't know where you stand. <laughs> and they just, you know, changed it without you even knowing. So and then you're ghosted on Facebook. <laughs> exactly. So I, that's really funny. The insurance is complicated in a relationship status. I love that so much. And so, you know, there was one thing that we talked about a lot. And at the end of our conversation, both you and I were just really jazzed. You know, one another reason for this podcast is because in the CISR curriculum that we have or the CISR classes that we have at the National Alliance, we teach a lot of policy language, a lot of black and white, usually the basic ISO language. And it's, there's not a lot of room for just learning how to use that information in the real world. 
Yeah. And I mean, so the CISR program is awesome for people just starting out in the industry. I really think it gives you a super solid foundation of the basic coverages, not the basic, but the policy language of where everything starts. Because right. you know, obviously, once you've been in an agency for three or four years and you're getting the hang of it, you start to learn, okay, well, company A has different limits than the ISO form and company B has different limits than everybody. And company C just makes things up as they go. So, you know, it's super, I think the CISR program is awesome for people to start out when they're newer in the business to get that solid foundation, really get a grasp on things and then start, you know, really um, cultivating the rest of the skills beyond that uh, when it comes to advising their clients and learning about each of the individual companies that they work with in their agency. And I think that the best way to do that, you can't go into a conversation with a new client, especially if you're new, you can't go into it with a sheet of paper and think every client is the same. If they just check off these things on this sheet of paper, then we're gonna be good to go and I've covered them properly. Right. You have to have a conversation with them. You're not just gonna go, okay, name, phone, email, when was your house built? Have a conversation. Like as soon as they start talking, like, oh yeah, you know, sorry, my dog is barking in the background. Oh, you have a dog? That's awesome, I love dogs. What kind of dog do you have? Well, there, you just marked one question off your list. Um, right. You know, so you just have to pick up on social cues from things that they mention and have them tell you the story and you pick and choose the pieces that you need for the insurance. And if you're smart, you're going to be making notes about their account on there because when they call in, you know, three weeks later, because they're upset about something and you wrote a note a couple of weeks ago about their, uh, they were going to be becoming a grandparent, you could say, oh, did your daughter have that baby yet? And all of a sudden they're not pissed off anymore because you remembered and you got the conversation switched. So it's just treat, I can't emphasize this enough. And it sounds so simple, but so many people don't do it. Just be a nice human being. Like just right. be a nice person and you'll go very far. I promise you, you'll figure out the insurance stuff. Right. Be a nice human being. And then there's those times where as an agent, I'm sitting here thinking about another portion of the conversation that we have as an agent where we're advocating for our clients, because that's ultimately our goal. Once we sell that coverage, that's not the end of our job. We need to advocate for our clients. And that usually comes at a time when the claim is going to be there. And so, you know, a lot of when I was in the agency, I knew all of my carriers really well. They knew my personality really well. And at some point along the, the line in my career, adjusters got used to my personality and I would call and they would know that if I'm calling, I'm going to be the one that's like, well, I've read the policy language and I'm, I would just like to know if you have, but you can't really say that out loud. You've got to be a nice person. When you're an agent, you want to kind of be a, a bull sometimes and be like, this is my client. You're going to do right by them, but they're humans too. And so you call in and if you're being a bull in a china shop and just giving them a what for and tell them how it's going to be and that they're wrong about the policy coverage, you know, that the roof is not, the roof is hail damaged. It's not just wearing to, how many times have you gotten that one? <laughs> I mean, it's like adjusters learn how to just say it's wear and tear. Anyway, so you go in and you advocate for your client, but if you're doing it in a nice way they're probably going to go the extra mile to do what they need to do to do right by the client. And that's a huge step for agents in learning how to use the coverage information that you learn in CISR or CIC courses, and you learn about how it's supposed to work. And then you transition that into, you know, the relationship piece of this business. And that's what it's all about, because you can't really have this business without the relationship. 
Exactly. And that knowledge is so important, not only to advocate for your client, but also to properly protect your client. Sure. I mean, you can go and, and do it by price and just copy what they have. But if that's the case, you're not doing any service for them. You're not doing your job. So, I mean, I don't know why somebody wouldn't want to be a lifelong learner in this industry because, I, you know, my grandfather is 86 years old. And when I came into the agency, he said, you're never going to know everything. I'm okay, just telling so wait, you that now. Your grandfather was in insurance too. Yeah. So I'm the fourth generation. Oh my gosh. I mean, I knew your dad was in insurance, but I didn't know your grandpa was. That's amazing. I love that. Like, yeah. My so grandfather cool. bought the agency from his uncle and then started like not started it, but when my grandfather took over, it was in his kitchen. Um, and then he moved downtown to a barber shop. And I think he had like half of the barber shop was his office. And then, um, then he took over and they expanded and my dad went in and my uncle went in. So, and then I, that's awesome. No, I love that. And you know, my husband makes fun of me because I know absolutely nothing about history, but then I just, I got off of a call this week talking about the history of rough notes magazine. It's an insurance magazine. Um, in our industry, is a lot of valuable resources in there. I wasn't even interested in the insurance part of it. It was just the cool history. And he's showing all these pictures of these little bitty books. So hearing you talk about this, you're a fourth generation. Your grandpa did this and it started in his kitchen. And like, I've got this visual of like, I don't know, like a 1920s green, weird little stove thing going on here. And like, how long ago was this? When did he start his agency? So the agency, before he took it over, it started in the 1900s. It started in, I think it was 1910, I believe it started. So yeah, so we had our 100 year like little celebration. That's so fun. I want a grandpa in insurance. <laughs> <laughs> the whole That's family cute. ordeal. But he's super proud though. I'm sorry. Is he still... Yeah, he's still he's still with us. He, okay, hi, Grandpa. <laughs> so he came, he was coming into the agency still like every day. I mean, my grandmother did the accounting in the agency. Um, he I think he just let his license lapse like I don't know within the last couple of years. So he was still coming in and opening the mail and and doing some shredding. I mean, it's it's one of those things that when that, when you do that all your life and it's something that you truly enjoy and your family is there. You go to, you go in anyway, even if you went in the basement and sat in his recliner of you know in his office and listened to music, like he was still in the office. It was cool to have him there. Awesome. I mean, how like now I want to get him on a podcast and be like, tell me about the evolution of insurance since the 1900s. I mean, no, he wasn't like around during the 1900s, but he's got the information either way. But that, that that's really awesome. I love that. And insurance is super fun. And I love that you've gotten to learn it from your dad. And that's one thing, like you grew up around it. So it was probably kind of an easy transition. But for me, coming into, in, coming into insurance, you know, like the very first day on the job, they're like, here's your desk. Have fun. <laughs> Is that what it was like for you? Or was it a lot easier since you grew up around grandpa? Now that I know this grandpa. And dad, and I think I remember you saying that your mom is not in insurance, right? Yeah, no, but she's been on vacations where she's like, oh, we're five minutes into this and we're talking about insurance already. <laughs> yeah, my mom always jokes that she had to marry her insurance agent because of her driving records. So <laughs> I love that. 
So what was it like? Do you remember what was it like on your first day in the Was there even a first day or was it like the legitimate? Well, I've actually been working since I was two years old, which is usually what people say to hide their age. But <laughs> what was it like for you on the first day? No, I mean, there was a legitimate first day. It was July 5th of 2010. And I, I had zero interest in going into the insurance industry. I, I grew up around insurance, but it was insurance is boring. Like I saw, you know, looking back on it, hindsight's always 2020. Looking back, you know, my dad was at every soccer game that I had. He coached every sport that I was in. He was at every chorus concert that I had. Sorry that he had to sit through all of those because I realize now, like, they're not that much fun. My dad was always where I needed him to be. and. Also, like when we would go to family dinners, we have a huge family. There's like 33 of us at any given random Sunday family dinner. You know, they'd sit around the table and my dad and my grandmother and my my uncle, they'd all talk about insurance and what happened that week. And I just really loved the dynamic of that conversation because, yeah, it's talking business, but it's also talking about people in our community and businesses in our community and people that we can connect to and relate to. So the personal and you know work life really meshed together and i loved seeing that dynamic between them and you know when you're young you don't you're just like this is boring i don't want to talk about this stuff it's old people talking about work and this is dumb but then you know that first day came around and i think they they played me a little bit and i'm glad that they did because they <laughs> sat me down and they said you're going to hate it the first year you need you know if if you absolutely hate it, you can leave. That's fine. There was no pressure. But they said, you're not going to like it the first year. You're not going to know answers to things. People aren't going to want to talk to you. They're going to want to talk to me or Brian or or Sandy or whoever's in the agency. You know, you're going to get frustrated. People are going to yell at you and you're probably not going to like it. Well, there's nothing in life that I love more than a challenge. So I think they did that purposely because uh, after six months, you know, I started taking in any type of information I can. I would try not to pass the call off. I'd say, let me try to help you first. And I started building those relationships. And I just, I instantly fell in love with it. It took less than a year for me to realize, like, this is what I wanted to do. Instantly. Um, yeah, it was like, that. it was instant. And I mean, just even, even today, like you said, when my mom makes those comments, um, you know, we went home for Labor Day weekend, my boyfriend and I, he's also in insurance. And we were going out to eat. Thursday night. We got in Thursday at four o'clock. We were going out to eat at five o'clock. We get in the car and dad starts talking about an account, the place that we're going to. He just wrote that account and we're talking about it. And I hear my mom and boyfriend in the back. She's like, all right, what time is it? Well, that lasted. We're already talking about insurance. So, <laughs> Bless her heart. So I, but it's, like, it's something, you know, it's, it's, I love the fact that I have that relationship and that connection you know, I'm sure everybody has something with their parent that they connect on. And I just that's I love talking insurance with my dad. And, you know, I have stuff like that with my mom, too, obviously. But like, you know, you have different connections and different things that you do with each parent. And I just love that I have insurance with my dad. That's super fun. I am so glad that we had a chance to talk today. It's been fun. I hope that we can talk again. I'd really like to get grandpa on the podcast because I think we could have some fun with grandpa. But Ashley, is there anything else that you'd like to say today? No, just thank you so much for having me on here. This was a blast. This is this is definitely one of the most fun podcasts I've been on. That's all I wanted to do with something like this is to just get real people talking about real insurance and how it impacts your life, because it's not just what happens, you know, when the phone rings and you're talking about policy coverage. This stuff affects every aspect of your life. And once you get into it, 
and you start like, I mean, you can't even walk outside without assessing risks that are around your mailbox. I mean, it just, it transcends into every aspect of our life and ends up with some really interesting conversations, sometimes some really awkward conversations, sometimes conversations where you're just trying to vent. And then you pick up the phone and you've got your lovely, sweet voice on again. (laughs) Because you just got to let it out sometimes, but never on your client. Let's not do that. So thank you so much again, Ashley. It has surely been a pleasure. Um, And I hope we get to talk again one day. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for hanging around and listening to another awkward conversation in insurance. Stay tuned for new episodes from Awkward Insurance wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to check out the National Alliance on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or at SCIC.com. Now go forth and be awkward. Toodles.